Welcome to episode number 36 of Quote Cabana Corner. I hope that you've got something warm to drink or a glass of water or something while we chat for a while about all things good and quilty. And I do hope that you are keeping warm. It's just so stinking cold outside right now. It's like 17 here today. Tomorrow we'll be 50 and then we'll be back to the 30s. Yes, that's living in Massachusetts for you. It's warm one day, freezing the next. And I am so, so looking forward to spring really coming, feeling the warm sun on my face. I'd say doing yard work, but that's, I'm not a really big fan of that. (laughs) But this year I'm going to be. Every year I say I'm going to get my garden under control, going to do it right. And and I do start out right. It, It all starts out beautiful. Everything's being watered and it's green. And then we go on vacation and come back and it doesn't look so great. But uh, this year, really going to make an effort. And last year, I got my plants planted about a week or two too late, and that really made a difference. So I'm just going to think about spring today. And speaking of spring, leads me right into the spring fabric postcard swap, which is well underway. People are receiving their beautiful spring postcards, and they are beautiful. And they are being posted in the Flickr group, which is the Spring Fabric Postcard group, which is on Flickr. And I believe I'm, quote, Cabana on Flickr. Let me double check this right here on my computer. Uh, Hold on one moment. Um, I think I am, quote, Cabana. I can't tell on this. That's weird. But the name of the group is Spring 2014 fabric postcard. And you can, once you receive your postcard, put it right up on there because we all cannot wait to see it too. There's also a link to that on my blog to that Flickr group if you can't find it. Anyways, um, the spring postcard swap was not announced on this podcast. For that, I apologize. I think I apologized for it last podcast too. So I am announcing right now on this podcast, the summer 2014 postcard swap. Right now, I have one, two, three, four, five people signed up already. We have some new people who are going to join along on our fabulous postcard swap. And we have um, Lazy Daisy, Oz Pip, Pip Pap, Amy Trumko, and Eileen Sideways. So if you would like to be involved with the summer 2014 postcard swap, here's what you need to do. You need to let me know by the end of April who you are and that you'd like to participate. And then at some point, send me your full name and address so that I can get that on record. And I will draw the names for the swap on May 1st. And then if you can have those to your recipient by the first day of summer, which is June 21st, that will be great. So once you receive your name around May 1st, you will have a good month or so to work on the postcard. You can actually start working on it ahead. You just might not know who your swap partner is yet. But hey, that's fine too. We'll set up a Flickr group for that as well. And uh, just something summery, whatever makes you think summer. You know, sailboats, ocean, the beach, flowers, vacation, whatever you can dream up. And as always, there are no rules on creativity with this. The postcard can be 4 by 6 5 by 7 
mail it however you like, either um, inside an envelope or out, doesn't matter. I know that Eileen Sideways on Twitter posted something about some clear envelopes that she used. I believe she used to run a couple of postcard swaps herself. And um, that's really it. You can fuse it. You can piece it. You can paint it. You can draw it with, I don't know, make a Zentangle out of it. Whatever you like, just something that you want to share with someone. And so uh, that that's it. That's your official announcement here. I will also put it on my blog. I will also put it on Twitter and Facebook. So I hope that you will join us. We had a great group this past time. It's a very exciting time right now and next week because our postcards were due to each other by the first day of spring. So as you can imagine, they're starting to come in now in the mail. And uh, that makes for great mailman stocking every day. Definitely. So join along. Join our fun. Just let me know. And you can let me know at sosandy8 at yahoo.com. And that's S-E-W-S-A-N-D-I-8 at yahoo.com. You can message me on Twitter or Facebook, however you want to get um, signed up. You can reach me here on Podbean. Um, Just let me know. And we will get going on the next one. Before I get too far along here, I wanted to thank everyone who's been listening to the podcast and reading the blog and leaving your comments. On iTunes, I had a very nice review by Right Lab Lady on February 25th. She says, I am late to the table. Don't know how I miss listening to Sandy's podcast before now. Have made up for it by downloading all the back casts to catch up. Thanks for an entertaining and informative show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Um... If you haven't left an iTunes review or a star rating for this podcast, that would be appreciated. And I also want to thank everybody who has stopped by the blog to leave comments. And that would include Linda Hicks, who was leaving a comment about the t-shirt quilts. And Jackie did the same. We also had several people leave comments about their scrap systems, how they... um, how they organize their scraps because I recently did a little scrap organizing myself in the craft room. And let's see, we heard from Colleen Quilts too. And she was talking about uh, my favorite pens, my new pens, which are the Papermate profiles. She loves them too. And she says she's been known to run down the hall after someone to get those pens back because she works with the public and they tend to walk away with her precious pens. So if you haven't tried those Papermate profile pens, they're fantastic. Also heard from Philippa, who is Aussie Pip Quilts, and she's been busy with lots of quilting and handwork, and she had some meetings she had to go to, but she took some time out to say how she organizes her scraps. I've also heard from Kim Pratt, and Eileen Sideways, and Lori Kay, and let's see, I'm scrolling through my list of comments here on my laptop and I need two hands to do it. I'm trying to hold the microphone. So <laughs> that's why my voice is probably going in and out. Also heard from Robin Lawrence. And, and Denise Panter. So thank you to everybody for that. I wanted to tell you about a couple of really cool things. One in particular that I saw in my Quilting Daily magazine which is, I'm sorry, Quilting Arts, which I get as a digital download. And they were talking about story patches, which are, 
do you know what a QR code is? A QR code is that little square that's starting to pop up everywhere. It's kind of pixelated and looks digital. And you use a barcode or app on your phone to take a picture of it. And it brings you right to a website link that explains what that item or product is. So imagine how this is going to change the face of quilt labeling. Yes, people are using them as quilt labels and they're recording a little audio clip through this website that sells them. And people could just use their phone to scan that little QR code and it will take them right to a link where the person explains the story of the quilt. How fabulous is that? I think that's fabulous. Um, The website to buy the little iron-on codes is a weird website. It's www.store.stkr.com. Dot it. I'll say it again. www.store.stkr.it. And they're called, on this website, they're called Sew On Story Patches for Fabric Crafts. And I'm on their website now. And for one of those, it's $2.99. It says connect your voice, videos, or photos to any fabric craft project. Oh, you could use it on scrapbooking too. Choose a video, photo, or audio recording from your phone or computer or record new content on the go with our free app. Each story patch holds one message. So it's one of these little codes per quilt. Cotton patches are three inches square, machine washable. The maximum file size is 50 megabytes, which is approximately two minutes of video. So you could have a video of yourself explaining to future generations why you made this quilt, what was so special about it. And the messages are stored for a lifetime. I think this is so fabulous. I can't wait to try it. I I can't even wait to use it for scrapbooking because how nice would it be to record a little message to the person you're giving the scrapbook to? Oh, the possibilities are endless. Endless, I tell you. So check it out. It's store.stkr.it. Or just Google sew on story patches. Okay, so that was one thing I found that was just too cool not to share. And the other little tip I have for you today is that my Joanne store is just forever, and I do mean forever, out of stock on Ulfa 60 millimeter rotary blades. I mean, every time I go in there, it's wiped out completely. So I stood there the other day and I thought, oh, look at all the Fiskers that are sitting there. They don't seem to be running out. So I considered purchasing a Fiskers rotary cutter just so that I could get the blade. That would fit it because my blades are getting dull and I don't feel like mail ordering for them. I just want to buy them. And I'd like to use a coupon. So the lady who was working near that section at Joanne's, I went over and I said to her, hey, can I ask you a question? And I asked her if the Fiskars rotary blade replacements would fit in the Olfa rotary cutter. And she didn't know. And she went and asked. And the person who she asked said, yes, they absolutely fit in the Olfa rotary cutters. And they're cheaper than the Olfa ones. So I bought a pack of two. 
I used my coupon and I said, if it doesn't fit for some reason, can I return them? And they said, oh, sure. And guess what? It fits. So if you have an old foot cutter and your Joann's or Hobby Lobby or wherever you go is just perennially out of them, um, try the Fiskars one because it fits. It was easy to put on just like the um, Ulfa. The only thing is that it doesn't come in that hard plastic case. So when you go to dispose of your old one, you need to just wrap that old one in like some batting scraps and tape it up and then dispose of it in your trash can so that no one cuts their finger. But I thought that was worth mentioning. Definitely worth mentioning. Okay, I'm going to take a break here for one second while I just get myself organized and grab a sip of water. Next, let's talk a minute, um, a little update on myself about tops. I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. Tops is um, a weight loss organization. And at the time of the last podcast, I think I was thinking about joining it, but I hadn't. It's similar to Weight Watchers, except it is a nonprofit, non-commercial organization. They have thousands and thousands of chapter meetings across the country. I don't know if they're international or not. Um, And they use something called the exchange system or the MyPlate system, which differs in from Weight Watchers because they're counting points. Weight Watchers used to be like this with the exchanges. You, you know, you get four or five starch exchanges a day. You get four or five protein, two milk exchanges, three fruits, two vegetables, some free foods, which would be like jello or ketchup or whatever, um, and your fat exchanges. And basically, you know, you go on their website. I joined as an online member. There is a chapter meeting in my town, but I don't want to go to it. <laughs> I'll just do my online thing. So I started it four weeks ago, and I've lost eight pounds. So I've basically lost two pounds a week for each week that I've been on it. And those were hard weeks, and I'll tell you why. I had a birthday celebration. I went away scrapbooking with my friends. I went out to dinner. I took the girls to the new little yogurt shop in town. Um, I had the things that I wanted to eat and I still lost eight pounds doing it because when I wasn't enjoying those things, uh, I was really trying to stick to the plan. I wish I could say that I combined exercise with it, but I really didn't. If you follow my poor, sad Fitbit (laughs) updates, uh, you will know I'm not working that hard on the exercise portion of anything right now. And I keep blaming it on the cold. So, um... Anyways, you go online. I joined it. I think you can join it for $20 online, but I took a $45 package because I wanted to get some of their um, promotional materials. They have a a really nice spiral-bound book about just health and eating well in general, and they also had little cards. Think of like deal-a-mail cards from way back when. You know, it's um, a different card for each exchange, and that's how I keep track during the day of what I've eaten. And I just keep that right in my purse. So, you know, like for breakfast, I have a starch and a milk because I have a bowl of cereal. For lunch, I usually have like a half a turkey sandwich with lettuce and a little bit of mayonnaise and some fruit. Later in the day, I'll have a yogurt. Um, And then I have like a regular dinner. It always is like meat and the starch and a salad and vegetables. So what I found, aside from the fact that 
program works and they have lots of online resources and tools. And twice a week, they have like an online meeting where you can get on. It's like a chat room and uh, talk about your goals for the week and stuff. So what I've found in all of this is I've had a drastic reduction right away in the amount of heartburn that I was experiencing on a daily basis. And I was taking Zantac and Tums, sometimes twice daily, Tums like candy. Um, And as soon as I started eating better, the heartburn really went away. And I'm going to make a link here that in the little bit of research I've done seems to be true. Uh, If anyone out there knows any different, you can tell me. But as a result of not taking so many acid reducers, acid reducers are known to reduce levels of magnesium in your system. And low levels of magnesium are linked to migraine headaches. So you see the equation? Eat better equals less heartburn equals less antacids equals fewer migraines. And for me, it has been absolutely true. I've had so few migraines that I'm a full prescription ahead on my medication. Usually I'm freaking out by the end of the month because I've used all the pills that they gave me and I've had, you know, just headache after headache after headache. And right now, knock on wood, I'm experiencing hardly any headaches. So for that purpose alone, I will keep doing this program because I think it really works. So that's your public service announcement on weight loss. <laughs> but I'm pretty excited because I lost eight pounds. And of course, I'm going to hope to lose more, but I'm not starving. I feel better in many ways. So anyways, if you're interested in a type of program like that, it's TOPS, T-O-P-S. And you can just Google it or put in www.tops.com. So that's the update there. And... Speaking of eating well and doing things that are fun, I had my scrapbooking weekend the last weekend in February. There's a group of us who go down to Mystic, Connecticut every year. It's part of Croptopia Getaways, and the uh, lovely lady who runs it is Susan Shallow. And Susan runs these weekend-long scrapbooking retreats many, many locations. She's added so many locations, um, which actually might account for the fact that Every year we go, it seems like there's fewer people there. So it could be the economy. It could be that scrapbooking, you know, has definitely dropped off because people are doing digital scrapbooking, I think, now as opposed to the paper scrapbooking. Um, But also she just offers it so many more times a year in so many places that I think she has fewer people at this one. But it's a wonderful weekend at the Marriott in Mystic. And... We eat well, and we have snacks, and we get a lot of scrapbooking done. I got 23 pages done, and of course, I was being cheered on or goaded on, I'm not sure which, by Sandy from Quilting for the Rest of Us. She was a slave master via Twitter the whole weekend long. (laughs) She didn't think my um, five pages I got done on Friday was enough, so she was cracking the whip to me via Twitter posts. Um which was pretty funny, but really actually kept me going. So thank you, Sandy. Uh, it was so fun. You, this year, everybody got their own six-foot table. 
you could ask for electrical outlets, but you had to pay for them. But you didn't need them because she brings all. She brings about ten cricket machines and about a hundred cricket cartridges. She used to bring a whole selection of Sizzix items as well, but um, Sizzix has kind of dropped off now with the advent of cricket because you can just do so much more with the cricket. And she, she also has like a yard sale table. You can bring things that you don't use anymore and, you know, set a price and just put your table number there and people will come up and pay you for the items. My friend Heather had really, really cleaned out her scrapbooking supplies uh, before we left. And she made, I don't know, maybe 20 or $30 selling her stuff that she wasn't using, which paid for her massage and her reflexology appointment. And let's see. Um, we, we, we got there about maybe 10 o'clock on Friday morning and we set up our tables, you know, greeted everyone, caught up with our friends who were there. And then a few of us went to lunch in the hotel. We have a very nice lunch with flatbread pizzas. They were delicious. And then we scrapped for the afternoon. We had dinner and I think we scrapped till about, oh, I don't know, maybe midnight or 1230. And then we headed upstairs for the night. I shared a room with my friend Heather. And the next morning, we were right back at it. And I was constantly monitoring myself as to whether I was going to have a, a headache there or not because I have always had a migraine there. And like I mentioned with the, the eating better, um, I was able to eat really well there. They have salad at every meal. Um, breakfast was like a bring your own. And I had brought some Weight Watcher muffins and stuff. So I was really eating well. Uh, we don't really drink there because uh, we're too tired to scrap, really, if we're drinking at the same time. We used to, but it's just kind of don't even bother anymore. So I was headache-free all weekend, which was fantabulous for me. And let's see, we scrapped and scrapped Saturday. They had a layout contest. Um, every year uh, there, she supports, um, I think it's called the Make-A-Wish-Come-True Foundation. and as a group, whatever group you're going with, you all put together a raffle basket and they sell tickets. And I think we raised ooh, maybe $1,800 for this group. Last year, it was over 2000 And they grant um, terminally ill children their wishes. So that's always fun. And then, of course, all weekend long, there's um, giveaways. Now, what she used to do is everybody, once you came in and got your free goody for going, which is a scrapbook type item. She puts your name in a drawing and all weekend long, she draws prizes. So literally every couple of hours, someone's name is being drawn. She did a little differently this time and I'm not really sure I liked it. What she did was she had a scavenger hunt where she would say, we went through the alphabet. So looking at your photos, do you have a picture that has just adults in it for A, just boys in it for B? Um, a cat, I think, was C. So you would look through your photos, grab, you know, one for each category, go up to the table, and that would earn you raffle tickets. Then you would go over to the big raffle table where there were tons of items, you know, that you could see what it was. Because usually everything was in a bag and you couldn't see what you want until you won it. This time you could actually choose what you wanted to put your raffle tickets towards. And she had some really great prizes. The problem with the scavenger hunt is that it was every couple of hours it was a pain to go look through all your photos because if you were like me, you had them all stacked in order. So we kind of helped each other out 
with our block of tables. Hey, does anybody have a picture handy of Jay, which was jumping? Kind of did it that way, but we earned a ton of raffle tickets. We also earned raffle tickets every time the songs Blurred Lines or Happy came on. You had to get up, you had to dance, you had to join the conga line around the room, and then you could go get your ticket. And then towards the end of the weekend, you got tickets for whoever had traveled the furthest, whoever had been coming to the event the longest, whoever scrapped the most amount of pages. So it's just really fun all weekend long. And then Saturday morning comes, Sunday morning comes, and uh, we usually get up, grab our stuff out of the room, return the key, and then you get to go to brunch in the hotel, which is really nice with um, omelet stations and just a really nice brunch. And that's included with the weekend. And then we start the long drive home. Well, not too long, actually. about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And the weather was good for us. So it all just really worked out. It was great. Such a fun weekend. And when I came home, I left my scrapbooking stuff out. I'm working on Lindsay's album. And uh, I probably have maybe 10 layouts left to do to finish it. It's within reason. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I really miss scrapping. I do have a Cricut machine that I just got at Christmas time. So I'm looking forward to giving myself the time to work on her album. And that was the story of Scrapbooking Weekend, which had some funny moments in it because the week before Scrapbooking Weekend was school vacation here. And anyone who had children in the French two or three level high school class found out at the very end of February vacation that there was a scrapbook due for French that was their term project. And when I say scrapbook, I'm talking 50 photos, 10 layouts, five photos per page, four pages had to be interactive, and then each layout had to have eight sentences in French. Okay, we're talking a major project. Now, my daughter had mentioned it to me, uh, to be fair, over vacation with the caveat, it's due sometime in March. Okay, great. Due sometime in March. She didn't tell me it was due the Wednesday after we got back from scrapbook weekend, which would be like March 2nd or 3rd. Yeah. Heather's daughter didn't inform her until the very end of school vacation about the project at all. So as we're trying to get ourselves and our photos ready and all the tools and necessary things packed up that these kids would actually need to borrow, we were taking all that stuff with us. So that entire week leading up to Friday, and we leave early Friday morning, was fraught with, oh my God, the pictures. Oh my God, we need scrapbooks. So I went and got the scrapbooks for the girls Uh, Heather coordinated all of her daughter's photos. I was a little ticked off and it made Amanda do it herself. I I showed, you know, thankfully all my photos were organized quite well on the computer. She was able to make a folder for me to then send to CVS to have printed. And she was able to get all that done. And when I arrived home on the week from that scrap weekend, she had a friend over and they were hard at work at the dining room table Amanda actually has her own set of tools, but I left her some tape. I left her some stickers that I thought she might use or whatever. So the funniest part was that we also scrap with a table full of moms from our town. And as Heather and I are 
lamenting about this and telling the story. And uh, it just became funnier and funnier, actually, about the whole scrapbooking thing. This poor woman on Sunday morning, all of a sudden looks at me and says, is Ryan in Amanda's French class? (laughs) Apparently, dear Ryan hadn't mentioned it either. And here it was Sunday, Project Due Wednesday. (laughs) So I think he got a, a not a not very nice text from his mama, like, hello, do you have a project due Wednesday? So uh, that was the whole, that was the bummer of the weekend. We kind of all had this thing hanging over our heads, but lo and behold, all of them got their projects done. Amanda had to present hers. She did. We were able to get the pages interactive by cutting out pieces of the page protector and then having some of her journaling cards pop up from there. So All's well that ends well, but oh my gosh, could you maybe have told us about this these projects on vacation when we all had plenty of time and supplies out? Teenagers, I don't know. Anyway, so that was that was the whole weekend there. Little news for Quilt Cabana patterns. I'm still working on my Happy Cupcakes pattern with Quilt Woman. We're in the process of testing it. I have a couple more corrections or I should just say changes to add to it, and then that pattern should be going live. It's super, super cute. It's a table runner, and it features cupcake novelty fabrics and just bright, cheery colors, and it would really just look so awesome at a birthday party on the table uh, with the plates and stuff. So working on that, I also uploaded and started a little store on Society6, which is an art marketplace where you can get printed wall hangings and cell phone covers and laptop skins. Uh, I had heard about it from Barry J, who is on Twitter, and she is licensing all of her beautiful artwork. So I had gone through my photos from Hawaii. I had so many gorgeous prints. So I just uploaded some of those as wall art, and I'm on there just as Sandy Caldwell if you want to check them out. And there's a link on my blog on the right-hand side that will take you right to where those prints are. So I don't know how many I'll do, maybe just that, but sometimes I look at my photos and I'm like, oh, dang, those are really good pictures, especially the ones of Hawaii. So anyways, I put them out there if anyone's interested in taking a look or... um looking for other people's prints. There's lots of really fantastic artwork, not just photos. So check that out. And oh, speaking of my blog, I'm going to be updating the look of the blog. I started looking at the stuff last night to do it, and I just couldn't find a new theme that I liked. What I would like to do is change the format of it so that it fills up the whole screen. I don't really love that everything is so smushed in the middle. Um, It's just doesn't seem like a very functional blog theme to me, although it's very cute. And the coffee cup one I used to have was also very cute. But it might go a little plainer, a little simpler, a little cleaner. Um, So look for changes if you see my blog. I'll try to get one where I can change the header to the Quilt Cabana logo or something quilt-related. So be on the lookout for that. Don't think you're in the wrong place. It's just that, you know, it's time to freshen up the blog a little bit. And what other news do I have? Uh, I've been wearing, oh, I worked on a a t-shirt quilt for my nephew, John. I was trying to have my niece and nephew give me some t-shirts so that I could make their t-shirt quilts and get them to them. And I did finish John's and I did indeed, I think we talked about this last podcast, 
I did put a fleece backing on it. My sewing machine did very well with that. One of my machines does not sew fleece. I couldn't remember which one. It wasn't this one. So I was able to sew it with no problem. It came out really sharp looking. It, um, he, his baseball team, his Babe Ruth team, traveled all the way from Massachusetts to Seattle to be in the World Series. Not last summer, but I think it was the summer before. So that t-shirt's very dear to him, and that is why it is in the center position. And uh, it was fun to make it. I think I was a little surprised at how much interfacing you actually need to back the t-shirts. You need about a half a yard per shirt. And if you are not getting your interfacing on sale, you're paying about $3 or so a yard. So the expense of that t-shirt quilt really comes from the interfacing. It, it pays to have a coupon and do that at Joann's. And the fleece I got... The fleece I got for sale, I think it was $6.99 a yard. So that wasn't too bad. I think all in all, if I had purchased the items not on sale, it, it was about $44 to make the quilt. And I saved maybe 10 or 13 with coupons and such. And it took me nine and a half hours to make the quilt and an extra half hour for a custom block that I did for him. So... Uh, I guess if I were to make t-shirt quilts or offer to make them for people in order to pay myself, uh, I think we're looking at about 125 to maybe 140 for a nine-shirt quilt, which sounds pricey, uh, but I do think it's important to pay yourself for the labor. Um, everybody else gets paid for their labor. Why shouldn't you, right? <laughs> so I haven't quite figured out the cost and time for a 12-shirt quilt yet, but um, I'll look into it. I don't know. I don't know if that's really a, a worth it kind of endeavor to pursue making the t-shirt quilt as a business, but maybe at least you'd be prepared in knowing how much in time and supplies it is going to cost if somebody does ask you to do one. So that was the t-shirt quilt stuff. And a couple of charity things I'm working on. Oh, I should say first, I finished Leah's turtle quilt and pictures of that are on the blog. She was thrilled to get that. So I did have two quilt finishes. That feels good. I am still sewing comfort bears for the police station. I just traced out a bunch and bought new filling this morning so I can uh, have a full order ready for them and check with them to see if they need more bears. And I am also doing a little bereavement sewing as it were, I signed up to do some sewing for Angel Outfitters, and their website is www.angeloutfitters.blogspot.com, and what we're making are, uh, they call them burial buntings or fetal demise quilts. And these are very small buntings, they come in two sizes, and they are for uh, angel babies who are 14 to 20 month, 14 to 20 weeks old. So the smaller size bunting would fit like a 14 to 16 week old. And the other larger one would be for like a 17 to 20 week old baby. So it is sad sewing because you know that you're stitching it with care and love and it will mean so much to a family to have something to put their angel baby in for burial. I had read on the website that sometimes they were having to send someone out to Toys R Us to buy doll clothes because nothing at the hospital fits on these precious little angel babies. 
Then in addition to the buntings, there's also little stockinette hats um, you can make. And they usually send those with a bunting and the hats are in pairs. And that's a hat for the baby and a hat for the parents to keep in memoriam. So um, they're made, the buntings are made of flannel. They're very simple to make. And they have a, a website, a, not a website, a Facebook group page for participants. And what they'll do is put up like an adoption notice for an order of buntings. Like St. John's Hospital in Texas needs 40 buntings, you know, so many that are blue, so many that are pink, um, you know, so many large, so many small, so many hats. Some of these orders are quite large. And me signing on to do this for me is more of a do it when I can type of a charity project. So I have six finished. I have six just about finished. That's 12. So I don't think I'll take on any adoption orders of like 40 um, or for the hats either because I don't have the stock in that. You have to order that from a medical supply company. It's like orthopedic nylon type stuff. So I think what I'm going to do is take all the buntings that I do have made and then ship them as one to the lady who organizes all of this. And she can fulfill orders with those or add them onto an order maybe where someone doesn't have quite enough. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I really just wanted to do it. I don't really have a reason for doing it other than it's just something that I wanted to do. I felt when I saw the website that I just felt like I wanted to help with that. Um, never having gone through that experience firsthand, um, I can only imagine how much it means to these families to have something homemade like that and to know that the baby's wrapped in something warm. So, and filled with love. So that's the Angel Babies, um, angeloutfitters.blogspot.com, if you would like to help with the effort. It seems like a wonderful group. They're posting every day. Everybody's posting what they're making and um, how much their hospital in their area appreciates it. Because that's the other thing you can find. They have a listing of hospitals that are looking for the donations. Unfortunately, in my area, there's only two, and they're not close to me. So... For me, it doesn't matter to me if it goes to a hospital in Massachusetts or it goes to a, you know, maternity unit in, I don't know, Arkansas. Um, You know, I just want to feel like I'm helping with something. So that is that. And I think I've come to the end of my list here of everything that I wanted to talk about, except for book club. I want to tell you what I'm reading. Uh, We are reading a book called... Why Can't I Be You? And it is by Allie Larkin. And it's really interesting. When I first started it, I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. But now it's, it's getting really good. And this is the description of it. At one time or another, everyone has wished they could be someone else. Exploring this universal longing, Allie Larkin follows up the success of her debut novel, Stay, with a moving portrait of friendship and identity. When Jenny Shaw hears someone shout, Jesse, across a hotel lobby, she impulsively answers. All her life, Jenny has towed the line, but something propels her to seize the opportunity to become Jesse Morgan, a woman to whom she bears an uncanny resemblance. Lonely in her own life, Jenny is embraced by Jesse's warm circle of friends and finds unexpected romance. But when she delves into Jesse's past, Jenny discovers a secret that spurs her to take another leap into the unknown. So it is really good. 
uh, as I said, it started out a little, mm, I don't know about this, but it's really quickly becoming a very, very interesting book. So you might want to check that out. And the next book that I'm going to read is going to be Allegiance, Divergence, whatever the first one of that series, Divergence, I think, because that's coming out as a movie very soon. It looks excellent. It's a trilogy of books, I believe. It's a youth, like a young adult type thing, but it looks fantastic. And uh, Shamel, is her name Shamel? No, Shalane Woodley. I forget her name. Shalane, I think it's Shalane Woodley is the one who's going to star in that. And I, I love her as an actress. I think she's so great. So she was in the George Clooney movie Ancestors, I think it was called. It took place in Hawaii. It was so good. So good. Anyway, so that's what I'm reading. And that's what I'm going to read. And I hope that you guys are all having an awesome, awesome quilty month. Getting a lot done. Participating with Darla's March Madness which I fully thought I was going to participate in. And I've certainly been sewing well over 15 minutes daily, uh, which is the premise of her March Madness. But I haven't recorded it, so I feel like I can't really, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't jump in when I haven't done it from the beginning. But I have been doing at least 15 minutes a day. So anyways, get back to me about the summer postcard swap. We would love to have you join us. We would love to have some more people. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you can get me at sosandy8 at yahoo.com. You can leave me a comment on the podcast site. You can leave me a comment on the blog. As I said, it will have a new look soon. You can get me on Twitter and you can get me on Facebook. So until then, have a beautiful, beautiful couple weeks. Bye-bye.